Ten years ago, one family's future was changed forever when a single bullet fired by a militant extremist shattered a 15-year-old girl's face in a small village in Pakistan. That was when the world learned who Malala Yousafzai is. This is Beyond the Headlines, I'm Nada Al-Tahir, and this week we're looking at how her story, advocacy, and activism have inspired generations in her hometown of Swat in Pakistan and beyond. Before we start, if you like this podcast, why not hit subscribe in your podcast app to get all the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Huma Shakir is the director of the Khushal School and College, one of the many schools the Malala Fund has opened for girls, many of whom are the first in their families to receive an education. We are here sponsoring, we are here funding a lot of those girls who are orphans, who are um, working at homes like as a child labor. So these all girls are supported by here through Malala Fund. So I think this school is the best opportunity for those girls. Malala and two other schoolmates were shot by a member of the Pakistani Taliban in 2012. They were on the way home from school after taking an exam. Malala suffered particularly severe injuries and was later transferred to a British hospital, becoming the face of activism for girls' education and a symbol of the Taliban's oppressive rule. But behind Malala is her father, Zayuddin Yousafzai, an educator and activist, long before his daughter was born. It was his campaign that put a target on him and his daughter a decade ago. The origins of Mr. Yousafzai's passion for equal education trace back to an unjust upbringing, alongside his five sisters, that ultimately shaped him. I could see two sets of uh, parenthood under the same roof. One was for the men and the other was for women and girls. I was served with milk cream, with my breakfast tree, morning tea. My sisters were not. I had more pair of shoes, bitter clothes, while my sisters did not have. And the worst discrimination that my sisters went through was their deprivation from education. The Yousafzai family's case was only symptomatic of a wider problem. And I won't blame my parents for that. Because I always tell that patriarchal societies have patriarchal garments. There were many schools for boys, but hardly any school for the girls. And that was the reason that my sisters did not go to school. According to Mr. Yousafzai, the burden of making something of himself rested entirely on his shoulders. His parents dreamed he would one day become a doctor. Many dreams for one boy. But they had hardly any dream for their five daughters. The only dream they had for them was to get them married as early as possible. Mr. Yousafzai's observation is not unique to Pakistan. UN figures show that every year of education can have a major impact on girls way beyond the classroom. Here's UNICEF's Global Director of Education, Robert Jenkins. Girls that um, drop out of school are at higher risk to child marriage, are at higher risk to gender-based violence and other um, very real abuses. It has been estimated that for every year of secondary education, it can reduce the likelihood of a girl being forced into marriage by five percentage points or more. Mr. Yousafzai says enabling girls to go to school and empowering them too is crucial, especially among the ranks of men who are often found in decision-making positions. Men are the problem, so men are the solution as well. 
I don't see many men and fathers standing by the side of their daughters. I think it's time that Afghan fathers, they should rise peacefully and they should raise their voice for the right of education for their daughters. And Taliban regime must let Afghan girls learn. Back in Swat, Ms. Shakir says the knock-on effects of Malala's story and her father's support are still felt to this day, 10 years after that fateful attempt on then 15-year-old Malala's life. If uh, or we think about uh, Ziauddin Saab, uh, he, as he is a symbol of a daughter-lover father who appreciated his daughter a lot, here every man is like him. Respect and appreciation towards women are some of the key words for what Mr. Yousafzai says should be the new understanding of masculinity, especially in patriarchal societies. So we need to redefine manhood. For me, manhood should be believing in equal respect for a woman and a man, believing in gender equality. But could there be a cure for misogyny? If I'm a man and I don't respect a woman, I don't think she is equal as human being, then that is not a beautiful manhood. That is sickness. And that should be treated with quality education. Mr. Yousafzai claims women are often, quote, sandwiched between religion and society. It is no wonder that practicing Muslims like him feel particularly angry when the Taliban and other fundamentalist groups use religion as a basis to justify preventing some 2.5 million girls from receiving an education, especially as the first word of the first verse of the Qur'an that was brought down to Prophet Muhammad was a command by God that simply said, read. But I challenge them. I challenge the Amir of Taliban and their entire leadership if they can show me a single verse of the Holy Qur'an or a single tradition of the Holy Prophet, Muhammad peace be upon him, I will quit my mission of education campaign. There is nothing that is against girls' education in Islam. Rather, in Islam, it is not just the right, it is the duty of a woman and of a man to learn, to get an education, to explore. But unfortunately, Taliban are neither representing Pashtuns, Afghans, nor Islam. Looking back at his own story, Mr. Yousafzai says that the change he wanted to see in society began with himself. He recalls his first act of feminism, a word he only came to learn the meaning of decades later. And I remember that when she was born a few weeks later, my cousin brought me the family tree. And when I looked at the family tree, they were all men. Like for three, four hundred years, fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers. And when I looked at the tree, I picked up my pen, drew a line from my name, and wrote Malala Yousafzai. For a man whose own mother was only known by her association with her husband or son, someone who grew up in a world where women's tombstones don't even say their name, Mr. Yousafzai says he is blown away by how the tables have turned. And I named her after the famous legendary Pashtun heroine, Malalai of Maywand, who in the Second Anglo-Afghan War, she raised while the fighters were fleeing from the battlefield, 
she climbed up a hill and raised her voice she raised her voice to the fighters to come back and that was the reason that she became a legend in pashtun afghan history so i named my daughter malala after the malalai of mevan because i believed that she will be known by her own name i believed that she will have a voice though i didn't know that a day will come and i will be known by her name that is such a beautiful thing assalamu alaikum my name is yauddin yusuf zai the world also knows me as a daughter's father malala's father and i am so proud of it thanks this week to zayuddin yusafzai huma shakir and robert jenkins this was beyond the headlines i'm nada altahar and this week we were produced by arthur edison and tom smith if you liked the episode and want to get each one as soon as it comes out each week hit subscribe in your podcast app while you're there why not leave us a review it really helps <laughs>